Welcome to another episode of Mad Girls in Marketing. This is your unscripted, unedited podcast about working in the marketing and advertising world. Your hosts and marketing professionals, Victoria Yassam and Nicole Hearn, give you the good, the bad, and the ugly truth about what they deal with on a daily basis. Welcome to another episode of Mad Girls in Marketing. I'm Victoria. I'm Nicole. And we've got an interesting topic today. Very interesting. So first of all, can we just talk about like my puppy that I mentioned in previous episodes? She is the goofiest motherfucker. Her name is Isla. And I'll put her picture on social because everyone loves a good dog story. Um, Eric said he came home the other day and she threw up a rock. Like an actual pebble. <laughs> I love that. She is like the weirdest dog. Like we've we've had dogs forever. I've had them my entire life. We've fostered. We did like all all the dog things. I've never had a dog eat rocks. Like actually eat rocks. Like we have a French drain in our backyard, right? So it's like a bunch of like white stones. And I catch her chewing on them. And I'm like, girl, you've got all the toys. Like I don't understand what you're doing. This motherfucker threw up a rock. It's like having a baby at home and you have like all these amazing toys for them and then they play with the box. You know what I mean? Except my kid's not eating cardboard and your dog's eating pebbles. <laughs> I'm just like, great. She's going to shit a rock one of these days and then her bee hole is going to get torn and then we're going to have to take her to the vet. Like, ugh, my God, this dog. And I have a three-year-old, so I'm literally potty training a dog and a toddler at the same time. And I swear to God, they are like in cahoots and they both have accidents at the same time. And I'm cleaning up piss and shit for both of them at the same time. You know what? Like my father-in-law would say to me right now, you chose it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. One of my, one of my girlfriends told me, she goes, you just love chaos, don't you? And I was like, oh God, that makes me sound like such a psycho. Like, yes, yes, yes. I, um, so we have four kids and I went out one day, long story short, brought a puppy home. Um, and I think my husband does not get mad at me often, but I'm pretty sure like he was contemplating divorcing my ass, like so mad. And my father-in-law's like, I mean, I don't understand. You guys have four kids. You like, you have two cats, you have Adam, and now you want to go get a puppy. (laughs) But I'll tell you, Larry David has ended up being the best dog ever. So I have high hopes for you. I appreciate it. She's a doll baby. She's a doll baby. Um, she was so excited to see Nicole. Um, cause we're recording at my house right now, but oy vey. So anywho, um, we wanted to talk about how to sell yourself legally. <laughs> I'm really not sure what that means. I, it, there might be like a, I don't know if you're a cop out there listening Please don't, you know, message us. We're, we're just talking about like how to sell yourself in a way that it's cohesive with, you know, what we're trying to achieve and what the pe- person or people listening are trying to achieve. Is that is that is that what we're doing here? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I told Nicole what we were going to talk about today and she goes, like, what does that even mean? And I was like, uh, OK, like, so here's my thought is. I go to, like I've said this before in other episodes, I go to a ton of different networking events. I meet a ton of people, like events, groups, like whatever, just people at the grocery store. And I see a lot of the time that people don't really know 
how to sell themselves when it comes to business, right? It doesn't matter what you're selling. You could be selling fucking chickens and eggs and like it doesn't matter, right? Like if you're doing it in the right way, that's how you start building these relationships that are going to either turn into something for business or personal. Like I wanted to talk about that a little bit, like when you go into different places, whether it's like a client office or a networking organization or whatever, how do you sell your yourself and your personality? Okay. okay. Now I get it. Now I get it. I'm back now. Um, yeah. You know, it's, this is very interesting because this could go in a lot of different, you know, channels because I still think that like how you dress for a woman and then how you dress for a man or how you dress to go speak to a lawyer and then how you go dress to talk to somebody who's in tech you do. You have to be a chameleon. And I, it's like, all right, I don't need a bunch of messages either. Like, I'm not like a man hater or a woman hater, obviously. Like, I, but like, let's be, let's be, let's have honest conversation here because it all matters. And I'll tell you when I worked for corporate, I'll never forget. I was a, I was a, like, I don't know, 25 year old rep at this TV station here in Baltimore. And you had to dress business. Like you could not, they, you were not allowed to come in the office without like business, not business casual, business, like business jacket, skirt, heels. Well, I'm like five, seven and a half. You put a skirt on me and some heels. I'm like five, ten. Like, and the other women there were not happy with me. Meanwhile, I am 25. So if anybody has like, you know, a 17 year old, uh, you know, I'm like, I felt like I dressed appropriately, but apparently you know, it wasn't because a woman there had said, oh, are you going to go see an automotive dealer today? Oh, yeah, she did. And she did not hold back from it. And yes, guess what I did? I went out and saw an automotive dealer and closed that shit, got that business. So my whole point is, is that now I feel like as we evolve and we change and the world has changed and what the acceptance of attire is, and I'm kind of just talking about attire right now, I do think it matters. I it look, it's no different than a Zoom call. I had about 20 interviews for a position at my company and I had one woman who like where the lighting, I couldn't barely see her. I'm and she was like literally in her pajamas and I just thought to myself like, wow, like if I was if you were coming to meet me in my office and that's how interviews were they were done even 2 years, 3 years ago for corporate jobs. I would, you would never do that. You would never walk into an office dressed like that. So why are you treating Zoom differently, right? I mean, that's my personal opinion. Now, I don't care if you have a polo on or you have a nice blouse and, and you know, your waist down, you're wearing sweatpants, but I feel like in an interview process, you should be dressed appropriately. Now, when we're at networking events, circling back to what Victoria was saying, I think if you're like going to like a bagels and, you know, coffee thing in the morning, I still think it just is nice to look nice. And I think there's so many clothes out there. I think there's so many different ways you can dress now to be appealing to people. It's for me, it's a touchy subject. Like I still believe in, you know, being a chameleon and, you know, now men can get away with polos and shorts because they probably just came off the golf range and now they're going to come and sit down. And I think they can get away with it a little bit more than we can. Um, I don't know. Did I totally go on a tangent about nothing that we're talking about right now? <laughs> Selling yourself legally. I do think how you dress matters, though. I'm not saying you have to wear heels in a business suit. I do think you should know your audience, though. Now, 
One more thing I will say. I do think, though, when you're in front of these people, whether it's a BNI or a networking event of any magnitude, you have to keep in mind that most of these things last for an hour. So what is your goal? I think when you're going into these meetings, you should have some type of goal, some type of plan. So I'm at least going to connect with this this one person. This is the type of person I'm looking to connect with, or I want to at least get a contact. Or I don't like networking events if they aren't efficient and they're not... Um, I'm not utilizing my time because most networking events, if you have to go in person, you're driving, you're there for an hour, you're driving back. So now you spent two hours of your day. So that's all I'm going to say because I just realized what we were talking about and I just went on a whole wardrobe function, <laughs> malfunction, kick about nothing. Thank you for listening. I, I will not talk anymore now. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Like my brain didn't go there when I was talking about selling yourself legally, but it's a really, it's a really valid point. And if y'all could see Nicole's face while she was doing this, like we really do need to start doing TikToks or something because she's just like so into it. And we, I think we've talked about this before, like just in general, um, when that is part of selling yourself, right? Like you have the your internal languages that you use and like talking to people. Especially as a business owner who's a female, there's a lot more pressure on us when we walk into a room that if we're asking for business there, and I'm not talking about being the most beautiful person in the room. I'm really not. I'm talking about if when you walk into a room and you're selling yourself as a, I'm mad girl marketing, I'm the owner. People are looking at you. They're listening to you. And there has to be a sense of respect. Like if if I if I'm an attractive person and I and I'm quirky and funny, I also need to make sure that I'm smart and that what I have to say is important. Because sometimes those things can get misconstrued. You know, sometimes it's like you're a, a pretty female. And then, but if you don't have a point to make, it's like, we really have to be like the full package. We can't just go in and be pretty and expect us to get business. I think when you're walking into a room, I think as a woman, all eyes are on you, especially when you're just getting ready to, when you're, when it's your first introduction, like there, every, everything that comes out of your mouth is the first judgment. So if you come out and you're, and you're a smart ass, that's, that's your identity. Now, if you come out and you're well-spoken and you have something to say, that's your identity. Then once you get to know people, you can kind of like let loose a little bit more. But I think as women in this, in business, and even if you're, maybe you're not a business owner listening to this, but maybe you're a female in sales. I would, I, I would like to, I would like to think that we all kind of are think, thinking and feeling that way. Or I like to hear your opinion if you think it's differently. Cause I don't know that if I showed up in my, um, athletic wear that I would be as taken as seriously against Victoria who comes in and has like, you know, a flat on, but is wearing like a nice blouse or hair is done. And, um, she might be respected differently. I, I mean, I don't know. How do you, do you think I'm going in the wrong direction with this? Because I think that's, I, I think I'm hitting that. I think I'm hitting the nail on the head, but I could completely be wrong. I think you're right. And I think it, a lot of the, the at least the dress code part of things, it depends on where you're going and what you're doing. Right. So like I run a networking group out of Bel Air where it's more blue collar companies and I honestly show up in like jeans and a cute shirt with like flats most of the time because like why am I going to put on like dress pants? But at the same time, if I'm doing work with say like a financial planner, like I want to blend in with their office in a good way. Like I want to show I respect their culture and what they do for a living because if if I show up to a lawyer's office and jeans and a tank top, I feel like that's very disrespectful 
you know, like, and I, I've seen, um, some of like my competitors show up to their clients in like a hoodie and sweatpants or jeans and they put on social media and I'm kind of like, that's like really unprofessional. And a lot of like what I, what I do. So my industry, social media marketing, um, I shouldn't say my industry, my specialty hasn't been around nearly as long as what Nicole does in advertising. So a lot of the, a lot of the stigma around what we do is that we're young and millennials and we're stupid and we just, you know, and I'm like, no, like I show up to my meetings prepared. I show up to my meetings, like ready to talk about things like, yes, me and my team are younger, relatively speaking, but we're not idiots, right? Like we know what we're doing. My team has degrees in digital marketing. Like there's a strategy behind all of this. And when I show up to client meetings, um, one of the first thing that I do is read the room. So I'll figure out like, okay, how can I sell myself to them? Right. So if I walk in, because I'm sure if you guys haven't seen a picture of us, you will at some point on our website or whatever, but like I've got blonde hair. Um, I mean, I don't want to say that I'm pretty, but I've heard that I'm pretty. And a lot of the time, <laughs> a lot of the times people don't take me seriously until I open my mouth in a good way. Um, like there was a, a time when I was working for an alarm company, I showed up and I knew what I was doing. I was, I was there to quote them for an alarm system and, and design it. Literally this lady goes, you're going to do this. I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. Like, why is it a problem for you? And it's, it's because of the way that we look. So and for and being a female, mind you. But if I go into a client meeting, and this is my my tell, I guess if they drop a cuss word, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. Fuck bombs are coming out of my <laughs> out of my mouth because I I'm like okay, this is exactly now. If I go into an office and the opportunity presents itself to drop an f bomb and they don't, then I won't do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I want to make sure that I make them comfortable and they understand like I'm there to support them in their business, not to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I've, I've sat down with CEOs of companies where we've met at these lavish, you know, restaurants or um, quote unquote men's clubs because it's only men who can go there. And I'm like, you know, nervous Nelly because I'm meeting with the CEO of this company and he's ordering a dirty martini at noon. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I'll take one of those. You know, they set the tone. I'm like, well, you know, I'll have a a glass of wine or or something like that. So and then I have other meetings where it's the first time meeting and it's very casual and we're having coffee. But maybe he or she is, you know, dressed more laid back. And then it's like, okay, well, I don't know that till I get there. So obviously I'm dressed up. But if we have a second meeting, which I'm assuming we will, then I know in my mind that I don't need to like wear heels and this business suit. It truly is being a chameleon. It truly is knowing your audience. And I know you, I know you'll probably hear us throw that, those two phrases around a thousand and one times, but you know, these are just common sense things that you, if you haven't learned them now, you know, because you can't just in business, in my personal opinion, you can't just go, well, this is just who I am. This is just who I am. You have to, you know, if you're in sales and you're going to a client and you're looking to get get the job and, you know, essentially, even though you're on your own as a business owner, they now, now they, they've hired you, right? They've hired you, like you're working for them. So you there's an expectation of knowing, you know, even how to act. Like Victoria said, like if somebody, if somebody curses and, and is saying things and, 
you know, shitty and talk, you know, being a little bit more grungy with their speaking, then I feel like, okay, well then I, I can, I can talk like that. But I've sat in many meetings where it's very poised. It's very professional. That's how they want to keep it. So then I have to put on like my very professional hat. So I think when you're selling yourself legally, I think it all follow, falls under this umbrella, but there's a lot of different aspects of it. You know, also too, um, make, make your time efficient, make, utilize it. Like I said, I think I kind of brought this up earlier. There's nothing worse than going to a network meeting and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, why the hell did I come to this? There is nothing. I'm not even going to meet like my next best friend out of this. Like, I'm not even going to like, I'm not even going to get like an Instagram follower after this. Like this was a complete waste of my time. And I've, I'm actually belong to a club down in Baltimore that I invested in. And I'll tell you, I go there and I'm like, why did I do this? Like, why, why am I here? Like these women, it's a women's club, you know, they're just trying to get away from their husbands or, you know, or they're retired. God bless them. But like, if I'm taking time away from like my family at night, I I better be there at least like shaking hands and kissing babies. And granted, networking is not always about getting business, but at least connecting, making a connection, making some type of like walk away where you're like, okay, that was amazing. She's amazing. Well, I feel inspired. So not only selling yourself legally, but no, really think about what you're getting into. Think about like how you want to, how you want your, your business when you walk away, how you want people to talk about you. Right. I think that's a big part of this. Like when you leave a meeting, whether it is a network meeting or it's a meeting, like you, you want to walk away and somebody go, you know what? I love her. I want to work with her. I have to work with her. So for me, selling yourself is all those things from the way you dress, knowing your audience, being a chameleon, being able to adapt, adapt to your environment, and then be able to walk away and people want to work with you, not vice versa. Am I, am I good? Am I good on the selling yourself legally part yet? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're doing a good job. I think um, one of the things that that I do, so a lot of the stuff we've been talking about is like our thoughts and a lot of the things that we do. But one of the main things that I do when I go into any appointment, honestly, um, whether it be like a networking one-on-one or a networking meeting where I have a chance to speak or a client meeting, um, I take control. I don't leave that up to the person I'm meeting with. So for networking meetings, uh, like one-on-ones and stuff where where I sit down with an individual person or two people and kind of figure out like, okay, like let's talk to each other. I lay out the agenda ahead of time. Like, thanks for meeting with me. I really appreciate it. Just so you know, like our first one-on-one meeting is going to be me and you just getting to know each other. I want to make sure you're not a dick before I start referring stuff to you. And I literally say that. Don't recommend that for everyone. I can get away with it. Um but setting the agenda, like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then if this works out and, you know, things are good at the end of the meeting, I'll say like, okay, let's get together again and talk about like actual lead sharing or how we can help each other out or like whatever. If it's a client, I'll say like, okay, like, thanks for having me. What's, you know, tell me what's going on or tell me this, that, and the other, right? Like I'm the one that initiates the conversation. I don't wait for them to be like, oh, thanks for coming because that doesn't, it doesn't work. And then it also just, it doesn't, allow for their confidence in you. Like we're strong, we're women, we're independent, like we take control, right? And so being a woman in this business and Nicole and I deal with a lot of like blue collar companies where it's a lot of men, it's primarily men. Um, they, 
they want us to take control, I think. Like, I think they want us to be like, okay, this is what you need to do and this is how we're going to fix it and like this is how it's going to work. So telling people the process that we do for my company as well, like, okay, this is going to be step one, this is step two, step three, um, and then making them feel comfortable with like, oh, okay, so she has a process for this. So I only have to do this much work and you can't see, but I'm I'm doing like, what is this called? Like, like a tiny, yeah, like I'm making that like, pointer thumb <laughs> gesture. This is why we need video. We need video. <laughs> yeah. So like they don't have to do much work on their end and we're making it as seamless as possible and, and just making their lives easier or whatever, whatever you do for a living. So that's one of the big things. And then when I take over the meeting, I have the confidence and I always leave people with something, whether it's them laughing at me, like something as simple as just like they like my personality, or I actually go through an avatar workshop with them where I give them a couple ideas. Like I had a one-on-one meeting, this guy's running a networking organization and he um, was introduced to me by somebody that we have in common. So when we know in common, this is why I shouldn't drink soda while we record. Um, <laughs> but we were talking, uh, just just brainstorming and he said something and I gave him an idea and he was like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. He was like, our current marketing company doesn't do that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, and I didn't bash the other marketing company because that's not my job. Um, But I was able to like leave him with value. And a a lot of what selling yourself is, is, is value, right? Absolutely. I mean, so for me to kind of go off the valuable part of it with my business, when I'm meeting somebody for the first time, I always would prefer in person. But as we know, Zoom is kind of taken over. Um, but it's also like a, like a meeting greet, right? Like, let's learn about each other. Let's let's see if the personalities fit. Because I've also learned I've met people the first time and I know literally within the first 10 or 15 minutes, whether it's in a networking meeting, but specifically for clients, if it's not going to be a good fit. And sometimes I still buckle down if I get the business and I'll I'll go through. But inevitably, every time I didn't follow my gut with that first meeting, I end up firing them because they just are horrible to work with. And and it's just not a good fit. Like it's not the personalities aren't fitting um, or I'm not they're not allowing me to do my job, which is why they hired me in the first place. But um, I have that first initial meeting. You know, we get to we get to know each other a little bit, but my meetings tend to be a little lengthier and and talk about pain points and what they're looking for and really kind of listening, listening to the client, listening to what their needs are and and why why are we having this meeting in the first place? Like you you know, I reached out to you, you you agreed to the meeting, but obviously you're in need of my services, and then kind of go over what I do, what I you know what I'm able to do, my capabilities, so to speak, and then. Um, you know, get that meeting. Like, don't leave that meeting without scheduling the next meeting. Don't ever leave that first meeting without pointing out your phone and saying, "Hey, so let's look at our calendars now. Let's reschedule. I know you're going on vacation next week, but let's let's regroup. Let me go back. Let me brainstorm a little bit, and I'll come back to you with a kind of um, a, a layout, a plan of where of the direction I think we could go in. Um, and then when you have that second meeting and you're finished. And they say, okay, well, I'm going to take a look at this. You, you, I always ask the question, is there a reason why you wouldn't hire me? Because it puts people on the spot and it's kind of like, oh, like, oh man, that, that's a kind of catches them off guard. And then you, and you get the explanation as to why they would or they wouldn't hire you. I tell you, I've done it before and it's, it's hurt. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, God, why did I ask that? But I'm glad I did because, 
I would have never gotten it any other way. Like I would have never been told to me through an email. I would have gotten an email that said, listen, it was so nice meeting with you for lunch or coffee, but we decided to go in a different direction. We know we've all heard that before. Um, but to hear like, well, you know what? You just don't have the bandwidth or I really love working with you and I think you'd be amazing. But, you know, what what you are you know, suggesting us for, for us to do is just not within our budget. So, but then that allows me to offer them other capabilities or other vendors they can work with. So anyways, that's kind of like my sales strategy and what I do. Um, it doesn't always work, but another sense though is like Victoria said, being confident. And also even before you're going into the meeting, have ideas in your back pocket because I feel like, I don't know if Victoria would agree with this because I'm a little bit more on the media side, but like the idea is what always gets the sale. Cause what I do is like buying media, like TV and radio, like that, that I can do in my sleep. But what is going to, what am I going to bring to the table that's going to differentiate that client from their competitors? Being creative in that aspect. Like what it would have they've, cause at this point with the clients I'm working with, they've already done all the media. They've most, most likely they've already done TV. They've already done it all, but somebody's just burnt them. So they're moving on to the next agency. So what create, creative can I come to the table with or what other, you know, avenue or, you know, can we take to get them what they're looking for? So I think it's really kind of, you know, being, being confident in your capabilities that you offer. Also being honest about what you do. I've met so many people that go and sit down with clients and they're offering them the moon, like offering them everything, but really they can only do two of those five things. And I'm very transparent about the fact, like, look, this is what I'm good at, but I have a great, you know, social media strategist, a company that can totally handle social media for you because I don't want to do it really. Or I have a great SEO and PPC company that can handle it for you because it's nothing that I want to handle in-house. So, you know, I think all those things fall under selling yourself. And after the actual sale, right? So we're sitting here talking about, yeah, we're sitting here talking about like the, the initial meetings, right? But making sure, because you're still selling yourself, like there's companies that you're going to start working with and maybe you're not a good fit for them or they're not a good fit for you. But the clients that you keep the longest are going to be the ones that you continue to sell yourself to throughout the entire working relationship and making sure your communication is there, whether it's good, bad or ugly and, and keeping that relationship, you know, the way that it needs to go to, to grow. Um, so I think that's kind of it for us. Uh, Nicole's looking at me. I think she agrees. So make sure you guys follow our social media. The handle is Mad Girl Podcast. And then our email is madgirlsandmarketingpod at gmail.com. So if you have any questions or you just want to give us a shout out, we'd love to hear from you. So subscribe and follow because you don't want to miss one of these episodes. And until next time, let's stay mad about marketing. 